You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, we don't talk about that stuff, and uh, all I'll tell you is I, I think the kid's a trooper for battling through what he battled through this year, and he's not alone. Um, several other guys were gutting things out and, and fighting for the team. That's football. You know, I've had seven surgeries as a football player, and you come back healthier and better every time you get one, and uh, I think uh, a lot of those guys play will improve when they're 100% healthy. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show, this post-signing day edition. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Nate Klaus, and uh, starting the mailbag here with Grace Harmon as that was head coach Scott Frost breaking down the injury situation with Adrian Martinez. Confirmed he had a surgery, but he will be back here going forward for the spring. But now it's time for this post-signing day edition of the mailbag. Grace, what do you have to lead us off with? All right, so how has this staff's handling of scholarship offers been different than previous staffs? I think they kept their cool um, because I do think it's very, very easy to settle um, on guys and just fill spots to fill spots to kind of get the assurance that you've got players and spots. But I think what was different, and I think Nate would probably agree with this too, is we haven't seen like it very often where guys have been committed to Nebraska publicly and Nebraska just kind of, yeah, he's not signing today. And, you know, we saw that with Junior Ajo. We saw them make a move on Hodge, Jamani Hodge, Nate earlier in the year. And, that, to me, is a little bit different, but that's how recruiting works, and we haven't seen a lot of staffs do it that way in the past. No, we haven't seen a lot of staffs handle it that way. And um, I mean, just as, as far as how they offer scholarships, this staff offers uh, a lot more players. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> they don't really mess around with, with their numbers. I, I think they have a pretty detailed plan on, on what they want and, and how many they want, and, and they, they, they kind of stick to that plan. All right, what members of this particular staff um, deserve the most credit for adding talent to the class? Well, I'm only going to take one, and I'm going to say Travis Fisher. Um, I think he's an obvious one. He, to me, was what got Nebraska over the goal line in a place that they've struggled to do that. I mean, Nebraska over the years has always gotten in with talent in places like Florida or California or Texas, et cetera. But a lot of times when those kids get pushed hard locally – uh, when they get pushed hard by schools in the region and other people around them, they cave and they end up decommitting from Nebraska or not picking Nebraska. And, and this was one of those years where because of a guy like Travis Fisher, he was able to navigate Nebraska through the, quote, drama and, and get the ball over the goal line where I just, you know, years past, guys like Fleming and Francois – those just wouldn't go Nebraska's way. And I think a guy like Fisher played a big part in, in having those go their way. Yeah, Fisher definitely played a huge role in that. And the other guy is Ryan Held. I mean, you could legitimately draw about half of the class back to Ryan Held. Um, you know, all the Juco guys, uh, all the running backs, and then you know, all the guys within the 500-mile radius pretty much 
have Ryan held uh, as their lead recruiter or or played a large role in, in being recruited. So, uh, you know, I, I think those two guys are, are by far and away your your all-star recruiters in this class. You got to tip your cat to Greg Austin, too, uh, you know, with his work with Turner Cor- Corcoran. Uh, and then also Mario Verdusco, who – <laughs> all the guys that are going to go on a hunting trip up yeah. in South Dakota, <laughs> you know, that I think you got to really tip your cap to him for, uh, you know, putting himself out there a little bit. And I'm sure it was not ideal circumstances. All right. What do you have? And by the way, you grew up in, in a farming community. Have you been hunting? I actually have never been hunting. My family was not hunters. So you, you didn't like let hunters on your land? We let hunters on our land, but we personally didn't, never hunted. My brother did, but my dad wasn't really into it. So if Scott Frost wants to have a, recruiting visitors use your land to hunt on, you're, you're not going to allow that. Oh, we would. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what, legal? what do you have? Yeah, it's probably not legal. <laughs> not what, do you, legal. What, what do you have next? What's going on? All right. Well, I have one for Robin. So with a decommitment of Donovan Williams from Nebraska basketball, how surprised were you from that? And uh, how, does that hurt the class in any way? Well, it hurts the class in the sense that he's a four-star Rivals 150 recruit who has been a long-time commit. I mean, going back basically over a year now uh, when he committed under Tim Miles. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's also some circumstances involved there that, that make it different and difficult for, for Fred Hoiberg. I mean, obviously Donovan tore his ACL in an AAU game, uh, had pretty extensive surgery, and is still uh, yet to return to game action um, you know, going into the new year. And so Nebraska's never seen him play. Uh, they, don't have any, they don't have any idea about just where he is in his recovery and just kind of what player he's going to be going forward. Uh, and then also, you know, November came and passed with the fall signing period and Donovan declined to sign his letter of intent. So um, I don't know why. I mean, he made the comments that he wanted to wait for all of his family to be around there. But for Nebraska's sake, they can't just sit around and like hold this guy's hand all the way till the spring. Uh, they have to continue to recruit, and they did. And they went and got Teddy Allen, uh, who coincidentally is another 6'5 guard wing that can shoot the ball. Uh, and Donovan, you know, saw the writing on the wall, I think, and decided to move on. So not a surprise, but you know, disappointing in the fact that he's a Lincoln kid, wanted to be here, just didn't work out. All right, and Scott Frost said he'll be meeting with Maurice Washington on Thursday. How do you uh, foresee that meeting going? Boy, that's an interesting one because, um, I mean, did somebody report that or is this that, that he was at no. the banquet? Where was that? Oh, it was, it was on our message board. Somebody said that he so was. So that there. is gold. I mean, take that oh, to yeah, the bank. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was on the Red Sea Scrolls. <laughs> Nothing but facts on the scrolls. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, the fact that he's at the banquet, um, it is interesting um, because, you know, if, if he is doing the right things, who knows? Um, but yeah, that's a hard situation to read right now. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll know more as the week continues here, but the fact that they're still having a meeting and nothing has been ultimately determined, uh, is probably pretty good indication that there is a chance how big of a chance we don't know, but, uh, the door is certainly not slammed shut. Yeah. That that was the most surprising thing to me with that. There was even going to be a conversation had, I I figured that door had been shut and closed. I I guess the one thing that that kind of told you that maybe it wasn't was the fact that his name wasn't in the transfer portal. Uh, I figured, you know, if if the door was completely closed, he probably would have entered the transfer portal. But uh, I would think that that conversation is going to be uh, laying out some pretty strict guidelines uh, as far as his potential return, though. Yeah, you think if he puts his name, I mean, if he, if he goes to class in January, that one day he has to count for a scholarship for a whole other semester. So you would think there will be obviously some resolution here. Finals at Nebraska ended this week, mm-hmm. uh, so we should have more, hopefully, obviously, as Frost said, uh, by the end of the week. All right, so who is left to recruit for February, or by now do the coaches just turn for the, uh, to the next class? 
Well, there's going to be a couple names out there, I, I think. But uh, really, the way that they closed uh, on Wednesday, there's – I mean, they, they don't have a ton of spots and they don't have a ton of needs left. I, I think if you're going to point to one high school guy, uh, it would probably be Tanoa Tagawai. Uh, the the high school defensive end out of Idaho, uh, surprisingly enough, that's not a state that you you typically um, you know see Nebraska go to. But he visited uh, the weekend before signing day. That that visit went extremely well. Uh, I know that he is a high school DN that they they really really like, and that's a position that they still need to fit uh, at least one more at in this class. So uh, that's the most obvious name right now. Uh, in, in so it's going to be pretty easy. My job following <laughs> who they're going after to fill out the rest of the 2020 class should be pretty easy in January. Time for one more, Grace. All right, so looking back over the years, what's the funniest or strangest commitment day story that you've ever heard? There was one where I remember, Nate, and you remember this kid, uh, blank on his name, but it was a Bill Bush guy out of California and ended up going to Oregon State. David Ross. David Ross, <laughs> yes. As I'm sure you were probably in Bill Bush's office that whole yes, day. but I was. He <laughs> was supposed to sign to go to Nebraska. The coach had it all set up. And he did not go to school. Like, he just refused to sign with Nebraska or whatever thing happened. And, you know, Nebraska kept calling the coach and asking. And he wasn't there. And the kid took his own letter and signed it and faxed it to Oregon State, like at a Kinko's or something, I remember right. So his mom was a city bus driver in Compton, California. And he, instead of going to school, he rode the bus around the city with his mom for the for that day and then he ended up getting off and like you said he, he ended up going to kinko's uh on his own and faxing it into to oregon state uh his mom wanted him at nebraska so uh i don't know for sure if there was some arguing going on in that bus but i i, I have a feeling that that's what that's why he was on the city bus for like half the day is because he was trying to hash things out with his mom. He ended up getting getting off the bus and going to Kinko's and handling it on his own. Another one for me, just because it was really my first true signing day in the media, my first year covering recruiting, there was a quarterback named Carlo Holiday. And I, I just remember he, he ended up going to Notre Dame. But, you know, that was – everybody's got a guy. If you follow recruiting and you like recruiting – there's always a guy that kind of gets you hooked into following recruiting. And for me, and I'm sure Nate has a guy, Robin might even have a guy, but what gets you to log on to Arrivals.com for the first time? It was Carlo Holiday, and I was working for the Daily Nebraskan, and I remember you know, constantly trying to get an interview with him, and that's when cell phones didn't really exist yet, and constantly calling his home. I was pulling off on the road on signing day, calling from a pay phone several times, trying to see if I can get an answer. He ended up picking Notre Dame, um, had an okay career, but you know he could have been the guy that succeeded Eric Crouch at Nebraska and didn't work out. Yeah, my, my guy is Marlon Lucky, like a lot of people, but my first ever recruiting interview was Chris Brooks. Uh, after oh, he Great committed. guy. And I remember I got that interview from you, or that his number from you when I was working at the Daily Nebraska, and you uh, – did me a favor. Yeah, I liked you th back then. Threw me a bone. So, uh, yeah, that that uh, <laughs> that was my first ever recruiting thing, and that's when I actually kind of uh, got my first my toe dipped in the water on the whole recruiting world. There. Who's your guy, Nate? Well, you guys remember Big Smooth? Oh, baby. Yeah, I mean, he was a polarizing figure. <laughs> Jermaine uh, Phillips? Yep, or uh, yeah, it was uh, Jamail Phillips, I think, out of, out of Louisiana. Um, just a massive offensive lineman. Uh, the, obviously, you know, the Big Smooth uh, was a fitting 
fitting name for him. But yeah, he's in that 2002 class. I mean, he's one of the one of those guys that that you know kind of got me hooked on recruiting, uh, just because he was. You know, he was the guy that everyone was talking about as far as offensive linemen went in in that class. Uh, ended up going to Nebraska, did not work out for him. I think he only lasted a year or two. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of you know that 2002 class. I think it was. Yeah, it would have been yeah my freshman year. Hola Nagata, remember you? You still yeah, remember? Yeah. Nata. Hola. Yep, yep. He he committed to Nebraska uh, on his visit for the Notre Dame game. And then, uh, obviously, ended up decommitting, going to Oregon, had a great career there. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys. Um, you know, uh, everyone remembers Tommy Zibikowski. That was another and his one. Sister. And his sister was on the Red Sea Scrolls. Uh, <laughs> it, and all she would, you know, she would uh, give her winks, you know, that, that kind of let people know that, that Tommy Z was going to head to Nebraska. Um, obviously he ended up going to Notre Dame, but, uh, yeah, that was another one of my guys that, you know, you you got hooked on and you, you were following every, every bit and piece of information that was out there at the time. Do you have a guy, I mean, Grace, I I know you haven't followed recruiting for a long time, but is there anybody uh, for you that, that rings a bell over your years of following Nebraska recruiting? You're like, wow, this is interesting. Uh, I, you're right. I haven't followed recruiting basically until I started, um, here with you guys, but, <laughs> uh, what, what's his name? Keyshawn Johnson Jr. Oh yeah. Do you remember well, I mean, that? that makes sense for you. I mean, you're yeah, younger. So rem- that, that, that's a polarizing guy. That one, I remember him cause he, wasn't he, I don't know. His dad's an NFL player. Yeah, but his dad went here. and then, No, his dad no, dad went to USC. Okay. Played for Mike oh, Riley. Played for Mike Riley, for, yeah. That was I knew the there was some connection, and I just remember a whole big Twitter. Now, Nebraska graduate Shelly Smith, former Daily Nebraska sports uh-huh. editor like yourself, wrote his book, Give Me the Damn Ball. Okay. okay. So, so there's so a little there's Nebraska connection there. Yeah, I just remember that whole Twitter frenzy when that whole thing went down with him. He didn't end up coming Cal here. Calabrasca, so. baby. Well, he got yeah. here, yeah. but yeah. It, just, it just didn't work yeah. out. Yeah. It didn't last very long. Ripped to Calabrasca. Right. Well, we could reminisce. Uh, that The summer, we did the throwback um, story time segments. That was always fun. We might have to bring out some story time segments here this offseason. So, hey, thank you, Grace. Yeah, and thanks. And when you come back, we'll close the show with more recruiting talk with Nate Klaus. You're listening here to the Oscar Online Show.